Kata, Pastor Brendan, Kelly. Thank you so very much. Please be seated. <clears throat> there you are. You are being obedient. All right. Just getting that right. Thank you very, very much, Pastor Jared. I'm very, very grateful, very thankful for the whole group of amazing people that I have around me and in my life <clears throat> that we get to do this together. What do you think? You're looking good. What about those guys online? I don't know about you guys online, seriously. Are you looking good? Hmm. <laughs> Anyhow. It's good to be in church together, right? I think I could also say a big hello to my wife, who I think is joining online as well. Regrettably, still not 100% well, but uh, there you have it. So good to be together, though, with you guys. And uh, how many people remember the very first time that you went on a roller coaster ride? Uh, Do we have any images up here? There you go. No images? Oh, well, they'll come. Um, have we got some? There you go. There you go. I like this guy. <laughs> the little guy. What about this? Yeah, roller coaster ride. Now, now some of you um, will have heard me speak about this in another forum, but uh, I'm absolutely convinced that it's a message that I need to share with the whole church. And so, let me just start with this and say, um, I remember the first time that I went on a roller coaster ride. My family and I were, uh, had traveled all the way from North Queensland when I was about 12, and uh, we were coming down to the uh, Brisbane Ecker, to the exhibition, which, you know, for a little kid all the way up in North Queensland, going all the way to Brisbane was a big deal, but going to the exhibition, the Ecker, that was, gonna, that was outstanding. Anyway, um, uh, my dad and I jumped on this, uh, this roller coaster ride which was called the Wild Mouse. <laughs> yeah, let me say that again, the Wild Mouse. And um, th this Wild Mouse uh, wasn't like these, the newer roller coaster rides, it was just a little carriage uh, with enough room for two people in it, and uh, one at the front, one at the back, and just this little, little um, carriage. And, uh, they just, you know, off you'd go at a ridiculous rate of knots. I mean, you're just flying along and, of course, up and down and twists and turns and corkscrews and everything else. But I, and I don't really to this day know how it worked, but I think that what happened was the, the track or the carriage was actually pivoting on top of, the, of the, the wheels that were actually on the track, I think. I don't really know. But I promise you there was one turn, and you can still see I'm getting over it about 45 years later, because <clears throat> I was in the front, and, uh, and this, this little wild mouse thing, the nose of it went seriously over the top, we're up at the highest point, and it went over, the, you know, outside the track line, and I can remember looking down and just freaking like that little kid, where did he go? And I was just out of it. And, uh, and I was holding on, man, I can tell you. And then, of course, somehow the thing swiveled to get back in line with the tracks. And honestly, your neck was just taken out of joint and the wild mouse. Well, you know, the wild, 
roller coaster rides have many twists and turns, ups and downs. They go through a whole stack of corks, uh, uh, corkscrews, of course, and most of the time you're simply holding on. You've got a firm grip and you're hoping that you simply stay harnessed in and that that thing's got you in there and that you're not going to come flying out uh, at any old moment. And I reckon, I reckon that, uh, that life is a bit like that. Would you agree? Yeah. I really do. I really believe that. I really believe that life is a roller coaster ride. And uh, for most of it, the time, you feel like you're just gripped on for dear life and, uh, and hoping that you're harnessed in and you're just not going to, at any old moment, just boom, you've, you've, you've sort of launched off into space somewhere because life just goes at this ridiculous pace and it's always up and down and round about and all the corkscrew things and you can't sort of get your head around it. And so... <clears throat> How do, you, how do you hang on? How do you hang on? Well, I think that King David has a few thoughts about how you hold on in this, uh, the roller coaster ride of life. Pastor Ange, a couple of weeks ago, spoke about uh, uh, staying on the path. I thought she did a brilliant job. And she was speaking about some of the events that happened in King David's life. But I want to go back over a few of them just to give you a, a recap on how much life can be a roller coaster ride and so here he is he's about 15 and uh, ends up being anointed by Samuel the prophet as the, the next king of Israel seven other brothers before him I just want you to where is he I just want you to know that um, I heard the humility didn't you I'm the favorite I was waiting for the humility didn't come anyway but I'm just saying, the one that they never thought was ever going to make anything. In fact, he was just a shepherd boy. He was the eighth in line, the eighth. And I uh, wish I had more time to go into that. But anyway, eventually, uh, Samuel, the prophet, says, this is the guy. He's going to be the next king of Israel. And from that point, so there's a bit of a roller coaster right there. Shepherd boy, next king of Israel. But straight after that, in a, not that long a time, he goes off and he actually goes and kills Goliath. Now, many of us will have heard about David and Goliath. And, of course, here comes David. He kills Goliath. Whew, there's another high right there. But the problem with that was that his other brothers who were in the older brothers who were in the army, well, they were very upset about this because, in fact, they, they began to despise him because he had made them look a little bit weak and foolish that they, with all of their strength, weren't willing to go out and fight this giant and of course this little shepherd boy guy he goes out there and doesn't use a sword I've got to say he uses a stone and a sling and of course the other brothers are not happy about uh, this making them look a little bit foolish worse still the king uh, King Saul got really jealous <laughs> looks like we're going to go from the real highs to the real lows here brothers don't like him now King Saul's saying I don't like you either I'm quite jealous about your popularity because, of course, uh, everybody was looking to the king to go out there as well to fight Goliath, and he didn't. And so uh, the next thing, uh, he's got this king who's jealous of him. And the, uh, the, the Bible records that um, King Saul actually tried to kill him. And uh, it got so bad that uh, David ran for his life, basically, out into the wilderness. He gets out into the wilderness, 
And uh, of course, when you get out in the wilderness and you're all alone and there's nothing around and you've got to survive, you'll do anything. Well, would you believe it? But King David decided that he would pretend to be a madman and he uh, ended up uh, going to his nation's uh, enemies, the Philistines, who took pity on him because they saw this, this guy that was supposedly the, the, you know, the great hero of, of Israel. Here he is, a madman, and so they actually take pity on him. Can you, can you believe all of this? This is a real down. And uh, now the Philistines, the enemy, they're, they're actually uh, sort of caring for him as a madman and, uh, and possibly taking some joy out of the idea that this, this hero is now um, not a captive, but they're sort of giving him shelter as a madman. Well, through a series of events, uh, eventually he ends up with about 600 men who gather around him uh, who were also basically wild blokes out in the wilderness and they ended up get, gathering around King David. And, uh, and, and the Bible says that together they're able to build a town called Ziglag. Say Ziglag. Ziglag. Yes. Yeah, so they, 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 um, they build this town called Ziglag and it became their home base. And a bit of time went by and David hears that the Philistines are going to fight against his own people, the Israelites, again. And because they had looked after him, get this, this is a bit of a twist, because they had looked after him, David takes his 600 men and says to the Philistines, I'm willing to fight with you against my own people. The ones that, by the way, let's go back when he was 15, he was going to be the king of this nation. But here he finds himself now joining with the Philistines to fight against his own people. Talk about a bit of a twist and a turn. Um, he's... So he's, he's standing there ready to go to battle and the other guys in the Philistine army said, no, 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 we don't trust you. We think that you're playing a trick on us and we think that you're going to actually start fighting with us and then you're going to go turn around and start fighting with the Israelites and sort of trap us and we, we don't agree, we don't think you're going to be the, we can trust you. So you need to get out of here. So all right, another turn. And so he goes back to his, uh, the, this town called Ziglag. Gets back to Ziglag and uh, what do you know, while he's been away, the Amicalites have come and raided Ziglag and the Bible says burnt it to the ground, taken all the women and children. There was absolutely nothing left. And so here we go, up and down, roundabout, twists and turns. And now he's out there with the 600 guys. Not only do the Philistines not want him, not only does his own nation don't want him, but... Uh, uh, now he's sitting there all alone with these guys and they're so upset, the Bible says, that they could not weep anymore. And uh, talk about having a Job experience. David had had a, his Job experience. He had lost everything and uh, only to find that having rebuilt it, here he is back to nothing again. And the men that he's with were seriously going to take his life. And, uh, and so... <sighs> Listen to what the Bible tells us in 1 Samuel 36. Now David was greatly distressed. <laughs> I reckon that was an understatement. He was greatly distressed. For the people spoke of stoning him. So now these are the 600 guys. They're going to stone him. Because somebody has to pay for all this mess. Because the soul of all the people was grieved. Every man for his sons and his daughters. Wow, things were pretty grave 
But look at this. This is the key right here. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. But David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. What do you do to hold on and stay in and harnessed in to the roller coaster of life? I think David's given us the answer right there. You need to know how to strengthen yourself in the Lord. We can talk all about how you can get the best sort of harnesses and we can try to work out how you can do life well and we should talk about these things and we can all talk about making sure that you're physically well and mentally well and they're all good things that we should be talking about. But I have to tell you here this morning, when everything goes to... And there's nothing left. Honestly, what you need to know more than anything else. In fact, for David, it was a matter of life and death. And we should too see that it's a matter of life and death that we know how to strengthen ourselves in the Lord. This is the answer for our lives too. The only way you'll be able to hang on and stay harnessed in on the roller coaster ride of life is to make sure you know how to strengthen yourself in the Lord. Let me hear you say it. Strengthen yourself in the Lord. Mind you, it's the most important word there in my mind is yourself. You see, it's all very well to be able to go, well, I'll go and have a chat with this one and a chat with that one, and that's great. That's, we're, we're on the journey together, and there ought to be people in your life that you can go and talk to about you know, what's happening in your life and, and, and drawing strength from the fact that you can, you know, you've got some people around you that can support you. There's 100%. But when you're all alone and those people aren't there and they can't be there with you the whole time, how many people know that? They can't be with you the whole time then you need to know how to strengthen, let me hear it, yourself. How do I strengthen myself in the Lord? The reality is that instead of thinking we can cope with the challenges of our life in our own strength, we should immediately, immediately, before we start trying to handle life by ourselves and start thinking we can do it in our own strength, we should immediately... Cast that out and say, no, I can't actually. The most important thing for me to do is to make sure that I go straight to the Lord before I do anything else. And so, how did David do that? How did David, in the middle of all this stuff going on in his life, I mean, I don't quite know, the Bible doesn't tell us, but it seems to me like he withdrew from the mess that was there and just went straight to a place where he would know Lord, I'm going to come straight to you and I'm going to strengthen myself in you. And, and I don't know about you, but I always love to try and learn from these biblical heroes. How did they go about strengthening themselves in the Lord? Well, here's the first thing. I think he trusted. Here's the key. He trusted in the relationship he had with his God. Listen to this. He trusted in the relationship he had with his God. Um, Listen, I'm all about praying for miracles. I believe in them. But the greatest miracle that's ever happened is in your heart. Hello? The greatest miracle that ever happened in you or for you is in your heart when you actually had the revelation of who Jesus Christ is. 
And when you and I receive that revelation and we're rescued by him, that is a miracle. And that is the thing that we should never overlook. I'm all about miracles. I'm all about praying for miracles. But never forget where the greatest miracle is. It's in your heart. But more than praying for miracles, I don't know that David actually strengthened himself in the Lord, went out there and said, Lord, you've got to do something. You've got to deliver me. You've got to, you've got to create, do a miracle in my life. I need a miracle. I don't think that's what he did. I think he went, Lord, you are my shepherd. And let's read it quickly as I read it together. I'll read it for you. The Lord is my shepherd, Psalm 23. By the way, I reckon it was like he must have had a journal. I, I'm going to call it a little journal, a little book somewhere in his back pocket or something. Gone out to strengthen himself in the Lord and he's pulled his little journal out. And by the way, his journal is full of little songs, which we know today as the Psalms. And he wrote 73 out of the 150 and he wrote these psalms because of the times he had spent alone with God and how God had been with him and spoke to him and how he had built a relationship with him. And so I reckon he got his little journal book out, his little song book out, and he started to read. This is how he was strengthening himself in the Lord. And I would encourage every one of us to have a little journal of the times when God has, has been there and always has been there. And we were singing a song just recently, just, just a beautiful song. First time I can remember singing it, but it's a beautiful song about how we're never alone. And he got that little book out and he got his little book of songs out that we, we know as the Psalms and he started reminding himself, God, you're always with me. I'm never alone. This is how you strengthen yourself in the Lord, people. And I would encourage you, if you haven't been doing a journal, and I'm not the best at journaling, but you need to have little rec records at least written in your Bible or wherever you want to put them to remind yourself that God has never left me. Yeah. He's always there for me. Good. And I reckon he flipped over to, to one which we would call Psalm 23. I don't know whether it was Psalm 23 in his little journal or songbook, but he started reading something. I'm just saying, I don't know this for sure, but I reckon he started looking through his songbook and he went, oh, look at this. This is, this is when everything's going, people are going to stone him. He's got people wanting to stone him here. And he's gone, hang on, hang on, before you stone me, let me just go to the songbook. The Lord is my shepherd. This is a beautiful psalm, people. We can read this psalm and just go, that's a nice psalm, but people, I want you to know this. This is a psalm about how, how David had built a relationship with his God that he knew he could trust. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Strengthen himself in the Lord. For you are with me. Yeah. Are you hearing it? This is the relationship. You're with me. You're there. You always have been. You're my shepherd. Remember, he was a shepherd boy. And so he's actually drawing a lot of analogy from knowing what it was to look after sheep. And he's saying, just like my own sheep didn't need to worry about anything, nor do I. 
You are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. It means I'm, I'm totally blessed. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me. How many days? Well, not on this day because they want to stone me. No, even on those days. Even on those days, surely they'll follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Strengthening himself in the Lord was all about reminding himself about the relationship that he had with his God. And he knew, I can trust in that relationship. You're my shepherd. I shall not want. How do you strengthen yourself in the Lord? What's, it really boils down to what would you say your relationship with Jesus is like? Because for me, and I believe for David, that was the first thing. He knew that he could trust in the relationship that he had with his God. And here's the thing. You could take those very words. In fact, he'd be happy for you to borrow them. You can borrow his words anytime you like. You can quote the Psalms anytime you like. You can sing them if you want. Not so good for me, but you can sing them if you want. But you, unfortunately, you cannot borrow his relationship with God. Use his words, borrow his words, but you cannot borrow his faith and you cannot borrow his relationship. Sing this, read it. Get the Psalms, get your journal, do whatever you've got to remind you of how God is always there for you. But remember, it's actually about you building your relationship with God, not just reading the Psalms, not just reading the Bible for the, Bibles, for the sake of reading the Bible. As I read it, as I journal, as I walk with God, when I say the psalm, the Lord is my shepherd, do I know it as my own? Is that, is that for me? Is that my story? Is that who it is? Is that how I see God in my life? He's my shepherd. He's my shepherd. I don't have anything to be care fearful of. I've got no wants. There's nothing I want in life. I'm totally blessed. But they're going to stone me. Well, yeah. But I'm blessed and he's with me always and if this is the end of it if this is the end this is the day they're going to kill me they stone me well I die a contented man and where do I end up by the way in the arms of my God David had nurtured a close personal relationship with his friend and shepherd who he deeply trusted deeply trusted I know you will never let me down. You are always there with me. The best way of doing this is not to speak to God like some remote deity, but rather to speak to God as a personal friend and shepherd. And so, for example, here, this, this is in my own life. Let me share this with you. I speak to my God, who is my Father. I speak to my Redeemer, who is my friend, Jesus. And I speak to my Helper, who is my Comforter, the Holy Spirit. I do not speak to God. Did you hear me? I don't just speak to God. I speak to the three persons of the Godhead. Yes. 
Because if I just speak to God, it's more than likely I'm speaking to some cosmic deity. And I hear so many people when they start their prayers or they're talking about, they talk about God. I'm talking about God. As soon as I hear that, I think, I don't know that you really have a personal relationship with your father when you just say God. I would so encourage you, don't speak to God, but speak to the three persons of the Godhead. My God, who is my father, my redeemer, who is my friend Jesus, my helper, who is my comforter, the Holy Spirit. That little my is a, is a possessive pronoun. It's saying, I know this and I've taken ownership of this and I'm now talking to my father, a person. I'm talking to my friend, a person. I'm talking to my helper, the Holy Spirit. He's a person. And I have a personal relationship with them. Just like David, our strength comes from the trust. Oh, it all comes back to trust. How many people know this? It's all about trust that we have in our, shepherd, in our relationship with our shepherd. My heart this morning would be that you would so have been nurturing and developing a relationship with your father, with your friend Jesus, with your helper, the Holy Spirit. Not just with God. And that out of that relationship, you would know he's always there. He's your shepherd. And you can trust him just like a shepherd looks after his sheep. He's going to look after you. You can trust him in that. Would you agree? The second thing is, strengthen himself in the Lord. I reckon he knew where to hide. (laughs) You've got to know where to hide, particularly when it's all a mess. Psalm 32, verse 7, another in the song book that he would have had, the little journal. I don't know. I mean, I'm I'm making that bit up. I don't actually know that's what he did. I'm just suggesting that what what did he do? Well, he knew where to hide. In Psalm 32, which is another song that he wrote, you are my hiding place. Where do you go? Where do you hide? You have got to know how to run and hide in him. In the midst of the turmoil of life, the roller coaster of life, are there times when you know how to just sort of get out of that roller coaster ride and go get and hide in him? I don't know how I would survive without knowing how to run and hide in him in the midst of the turmoil. You are my hiding place. Listen to me. You will protect me from trouble and surround me with songs of deliverance. Our strength comes, listen to this, when you're in the hiding place, when you're hiding in him, you will get strength from the songs of deliverance that you hear. When I'm, when I'm in that place with him, when I'm just hidden in him, it's not like, I'm just worried about what's going to happen next. I'm just, Lord, help me. No, he says, when you get into that place of hiding in him with this wonderful relationship you've got, then you're going to hear something. What are you going to hear? Songs of deliverance. What are those songs of deliverance like? Well, Psalm 32 verse 10, another, another one of his songs. But the Lord's unfailing love surrounds the one who 
What surrounds you? What is the thing that surrounds you? You'll hear this. This is the song. I love you. When you're hiding in him, when everything's a mess around you, if you know where to hide, this is what you're going to hear. I love you. I've got a prom- I promise you this. It doesn't matter what anybody else is yelling and saying about you. If you simply hear that voice, I love you. Water off a duck's back, I'm going to be good. My father loves me. I'm hiding in him. I trust in my relationship with him. His love is surrounding me because I trust in him. You're going to hear this song, I love you. Here's another one you're going to hear. I see you and I hear you, Brendan. Another psalm that he wrote, the eyes of the Lord are and the righteous and his ears are attentive to their cry. David knew that the eyes of God and his ears, I see you, David, I hear you. I can see the mess you're in. I can see the roller coaster you're on. Uh, you're not alone. I love you. I see you. I hear you. By the way, he has such a calming voice. And when he says these things to you, you go, Lord, thank you. This is strengthening yourself in the Lord. Oh, I would pray that you, you know how to hide in him and that you get to hear, I love you. I see you. I hear you. I am your help. I'm here to help you. David didn't write this psalm, but I reckon that he would have in many ways understood the, the writers who, who, who wrote the Psalm 46 verse 1. God is our refuge and our strength and ever-present help in trouble. For us today, by the way, in, in the new covenant, the, holy, the, holy, the presence... Of the Holy Spirit, which lives, who lives in me and is with me, the Bible says, is always there. So the ever-present help in time of trouble for us today is the Holy Spirit. I love you. I see you. I hear you. I'm in you, and I'm with you, and I'm here to help you. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, what have I got to fear? Strengthening yourself in the Lord. I totally trust in my relationship with my shepherd. He is my protector. He's my shield. He's my righteousness. He's my fortress. He's my hiding place. Make it your own. Don't just read the psalm. Make it your own. Make sure you go. There are pla- you know you need to. We need to know how to hide in Him. And you'll know if you have, because you'll hear those words. You'll hear those songs. Here's the third thing. I think He was completely transparent with God. Do you know what I found? It's really hard to strengthen yourself in God when you think you can hide things from Him. When you're not being completely honest with him. I just, it just, it's the biggest roadblock to being strengthening, being strengthened by him. You can know all of these other things, but if you think, by the way, if you think you can do what Adam was trying to do. Remember Adam? Way back in Genesis? Thought he could hide from God. 
made God have to call out and say, where are you, when God knew exactly where he was. Don't be running away from God. Don't be honest with God. Be transparent with him. This is how, this is how David, this is, this is another song that David wrote. As for me, you uphold me in my integrity and set, my, set me before your face forever. David, completely transparent with God, and he was able to strengthen himself out of his own integrity and walk with God. He knew, God, there's nothing between you and me. We, we, we don't, we're, we're, even all my junk in my life, even all the stuff of my life, I just bring it all to you. You know exactly all about me. You know everything about me. And I'm not trying to run away from you. And I'm not trying to hide things from you. In fact, Lord, I bring all my stuff, all my junk, all my weaknesses, all my failings, I bring them to you. David found the greatest roadblock to strengthen himself and the Lord was not being honest with him. When David, and we haven't got time to go into it, but David got himself in a bit of a mess with uh, a lady called Bathsheba. Found himself in an adulterous situation and here's the thing he did. He tried to hide it from God. And, and when he tried to hide it all from God, that was the time when he, when he knew he was not able to strengthen himself in the Lord. Don't try and hide anything from God. Our strength comes from having a very, having a clear conscience before God. I reckon the Apostle Paul knew exactly what King David was talking about. The Apostle Paul says this in Philippians chapter 4, verse 13. I can be content in any and every situation through the anointed one who is my power and my strength. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Paul knew you can't do it in your own strength. You'll do it for a while, but you will get thrown out of the roller coaster of life. But if you know how to strengthen yourself in the Lord, you'll stay harnessed in. You'll stay contented no matter what the circumstances in your life. You won't have any fear no matter where, how deep the valleys are. No matter how distressing the situation is in your life, if you know how to strengthen yourself in the Lord. Many years ago when I was just a Christian, just, just, just rescued, about 40 plus years ago, we used to sing a little song and it went just the words of it. I'm not going to try and sing it all to you because I only sing in the shower. But uh, it said something like this, the greatest thing in all my life is knowing you. The greatest thing in all my life is knowing you. I want to know you more. I want to know you more. The greatest thing in all my life is knowing you. Make that, I, I encourage you, make that your top priority before you go to bed when you wake up in the morning whenever the Holy Spirit prompts you I want to know you more I want to have a relationship with you I don't want to just talk about you as God 
I'm in a personal relationship with you. He will strengthen you and keep you. You will hear, I love you, I see you, I hear you, I'm your helper, I'll be with you. And he'll get you through everything. Amen. Father, we thank you that today we simply come and remind ourselves that we can't do it in our strength. We can't. We can only do so much and then we won't. We won't, stay, we won't stay harnessed in. And Lord Jesus, I pray that for every single one of us, that we will be determined more than ever before to build our relationship, a deeper, closer, personal relationship with you, that we would know how to strengthen ourselves in you. You alone, you alone are the one who will keep us and guide us through everything. You're our shepherd and we give you all the praise and all the glory. And every heart said, Amen. God so richly bless you. Enjoy the rest of your day.